The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Awaken to the divine within. You're listening to UnityOnlineRadio.org. Learn the language of spirit. This is the Intuitive Life with Laura Worcester. Good afternoon and welcome to the Intuitive Life, where we walk together and support each other on the path to becoming more spiritually aware, enlightened, and inspired. My name is Laura Worcester, and we will be taking calls today, but only for questions. No readings today, just questions for, um, based on the topic that we'll be talking about today. And just make note of this phone number. It's 816-251-3555. Again, it's 816-251-3555. And again, it's not for readings. It's only on questions pertaining to the topic at hand today. So uh, just a couple of notes before we begin today. Um, I will be at Circles of Wisdom on March 17th, St. Patrick's Day at 7 p.m. And Circles of Wisdom is in Methuen, Massachusetts. And I'll be offering an evening of mediumship. So it'll be a small group. So come on down and um, and join us. Uh, It's so good to be getting back in person again regularly now. This is wonderful. Um, So come on down if you'd like to join us for an evening of mediumship. And you can learn more about that at my website at laurawooster.com. And there's a few other things as well happening um, this month. I believe, yes, it actually is. I can't believe it's March already. But also, I was doing an online demonstration of mediumship with the journey within. Um, there'll be myself, uh, Janet Nohavik, and Laurie Sheridan. So if you're not in the New England area and you'd like to be a part of an online demonstration of mediumship, um, I'm not sure if it, if its registration is open yet, but just take note of it on your calendar, and you can always watch for it on my website at laurawister.com, and that's March 26th in the evening at 7 p.m. via Zoom. Alrighty, so the topic at hand today, keeping the faith. Um, have have you found it a bit tougher to keep the faith lately? I mean, you uh, we're all sort of coming out of the pandemic. We're getting more comfortable with realizing that maybe, just maybe, we're turning the corner with this. It's been two years since um, everything kind of went down. Um, but are you finding with war breaking out in the world and perhaps things getting back to normal or what we consider to be normal, um, and you're finding that it's unsettling, um, you're finding that it's unsettling that you're feeling joyful that we're coming back into what we consider somewhat normal times, but then realizing how can we be joyful when, when we have war in the world? Um, Also, perhaps you're, you, you, you found yourself thriving during the pandemic. You loved the solitude and you were doing so well. And I've heard this from so many people. And then 
you're scared to get back out into the world into what we consider quote unquote normal. Um, so how, what do you, what, what do we do when we're trying to sustain faith in the world, faith in ourselves, faith in our own path? Um, what we do is we turn to people like my guest today. And um, I have so much respect for this man. Um, Reverend Joseph Scheel is a highly acclaimed evidential psychic medium. He's a spirit artist and award-winning teacher. He's internationally known for his accuracy, integrity, and commitment to others. And he has devoted his life to service of spirit and those seeking love, healing, and growth. He shares his remarkable talents with students, clients, and audiences around the world. And with his private and public demonstrations of evidential mediumship and spirit art. His exceptionally rare gifts make him one of the most sought after mediums, consulting politicians, CEOs, celebrities, and all those seeking healing and insight. He's also an ordained minister and instructor with the Journey Within Church in New Jersey and a registered medium in Lilydale, New York. And I could go on and on and on, but just you can just go to John, uh, Joe's website, josephshield.com yeah, josephshield.com if you'd like to read his whole bio, but I could spend the whole show talking about all of his accomplishments. But without further delay, um, let me bring in my friend and colleague, Joseph Shield. Hey, Joe, welcome to the show Thank today. You so Thank you very much for having me. These are all those accolades. I must be very old. <laughs> well, you've certainly lived nine lives, that's for sure. It's hard to believe. <laughs> Yeah, you've you've lived quite the life, and I'm hope someday that you'll you will write that book. <laughs> I'm working on it, but I don't know. We'll see. That's okay. Excellent. Well, it's good to be here, and it's good to you know when we talked about earlier, we, you and I kind of went up, kicked around a few topics, and obviously this was the one that came to the came to the surface uh, of owning, you know. Finding faith and saving faith or getting faith during precarious times, and and uh, it's just the kind of time, isn't it? I mean, everybody's a little bit freaking out, and uh, that, that happens. It just happens. Uh, you know, you, I tell some people sometimes. I said the six o'clock news is not your friend, <laughs> you know, because That's right. it'll you, and it'll it'll get you all going, and before you know it, you're caught up in that kind of energy, and you're not sure what's what. And, you know the, the the messages get skewed and and uh, different people's reactions and take it differently and before you know it uh, there's no truth and when we're not dealing with truth um, we're dealing with confusion and anytime anybody's feeling confused it doesn't matter who you are or how you know how big your house is it doesn't matter it it means that in confusion we uh, we tend to get frightened we're human beings being human. We're, but we are spirit in this human condition, and so therefore, um, we constantly go to the first need, which is survival. And as we begin to worry about our own survival, survival of others, and, and uh, watch some of the atrocities that, that we may see in, in our lives, whether it be in a war zone, like it is in our face right now, or... You know, not to be snide, but it, you know, in, a, in an inner city over a weekend, where there's uh, almost as many deaths from from uh, violence uh, in yes. the United States. So mm-hmm. we kind of look at all of it and say, okay, how how can I be, how can I help, or how can I be get through it? How can I keep faith? Well, you know, why would why would a good God let all this happen? Why would right. a good you know? So 
I think it is a, an apropos um, topic for for our discussion. So thanks thanks for coming up with it and thanks for asking me. Yeah, it, it's um, it. I'm sure you've come across similar things too. I've, I've had clients who they were perfectly healthy two years ago and they ended up getting sick and um, not fully recovering from being sick. Um, and it, you know that that doesn't necessarily even have to do anything with COVID. It could be you know simple, just simply um, you know life and and, and other mm-hmm. other illnesses that could happen. So people have lost that faith of losing their health or um, losing their loved ones to uh, to illness or um, th- their way of life that what they thought their life was going to be uh, what I mean obviously you have you've lived through so much in your life like I don't know like I said you should write a book and I hope you do but it's how do you rediscover that faith when you're feeling so beaten down and feeling like hopeless in those moments well um, it's a, it's a great question, and it is a personal, um, a personal responsibility and personal dilemma for everyone. Um, we have the answers, and we have the peace within us. We each have it. We get distracted by life's events. We get distracted by the, the hurts and the, and the, uh, the betrayals and uh, and the, sometimes the sickness in the world. There's a lot of this. The, this whole thing we're talking about, you know, today with war and everything else, it's a soul sickness. It has nothing to do with what a higher source that wants us to love each other wants. It's what an individual wants or a group of individuals um, for power, fame, you know, money, whatever the case may be. And that always breeds sickness because it's not the truth. The truth is, is that we're one, and that we're uh, we're we're put here to to love one another, but you know, brother to brother, sister to sister, as they say, and and if we're not doing that, we're off the beam, we're off the road, and we're wondering why are we feeling pain? Well, you're rubbing up against the guardrail, you know, you're not on the road, you're 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 in the woods, and we can't sometimes once we're into the woods of the problem or into the storm of the argument or the anger or the fear, then it's hard to see the woods. It's hard to see the path. And the only way to do that is to go to a higher self or higher place in ourselves and kind of get the the bird's eye view of things, you know. Um, I kind of look at it as, uh, you know, there could be problems if you're down in, in the, in the, right on the floor. You're going to see every little dust mite. You're going to a little dust bunny right. around now, you know, all the dirt's kind of getting shoved into the corner and under the table where you can't see it, and, and it's, it's kind of gross, you know. And, mm-hmm. and the only way to take care of it is to kind of sweep it from above, get get the bigger view and say, okay, where, where are the problems and where do I need to wash the floor? Where do I need to clean house, if you will? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that comes with not fighting wars of foreign lands or even foreign places down the street, but fighting the war within ourselves, mm-hmm. the wars of our own fears, and and how they become a bomb in in our life and in the lives of others. Our our emotions, when they start to get twisted and and pushed up, can can create a thousand thoughts that are untrue, um, and push us to begin to follow thoughts that are down an empty path or down a very dangerous road. 
so we need to be we need to master our emotions and know that know that the the way we should be actually looking is thinking about a higher source that really cares that loves really knows the plan for this world and align ourselves with that source and and that's not always so easy because the fear jolts us and we look sideways we look at something else we, we're we're worried about getting hit from from another angle Many of us have had horrible experiences in life or challenging uh, things that have gone on, and we kind of adopt a way about us to deal with it. And what happens is is that every time something new comes up that triggers those senses, if you will, triggers, triggers those memories, the whole ball of wax comes on us. And it's not just today's problems, but, you know, this happened before, and, oh, my God, this is going to be ruining us, and this is going to be horrible. Um, you can hear it in the speech of everybody. Sometimes, it is, is it a true warning? Yeah. Sometimes it's, a, sometimes it's just a fear begetting fear. And the only way to get out of the cycle of uh, that fear the cycle of done anguish and, and anxiety is to step back and step within oneself and say, what is most important to me? It's kind of like I need to kind of fight the, fight the problems within myself. That's where the fighting should take place is like really looking at who I am, taking an inventory of who I am and trying to say, okay, this is just based on, on my fears of, of yesterday of what I've done and Really, what I need to do is take responsibility for aligning myself with my highest and best, my highest self, not my lower instincts of, of survival. And there, there are ways to do that. There are some simple things to do every day to, to do that that can kind of release us and, and lift us up out of the mud, out of the, out of the trenches, if you will. And when we get into pain, um, or anguish, or we're watching that six o'clock news and we're out of sorts and we can't believe, you know, we start to get angry. We start to, you know, we start to take sides, if you will. We start to look at the, the devastation or the, we feel the nature of the families being separated, the children and women, children and, and soldiers being killed. We, we, we can get, we can get really caught up in it really quick. And before you know it, we're walking around in this angry self, mm-hmm. which, separates us from the truth of our of who we are and what we're capable of. And it puts the fear in us of a life that's gone torn, a life that's gone down that's going downhill. We feel like we're sliding down into into the pits, if you will. Instead of saying, okay, what is my what is my job in this? How can I make the world a little better place? This energy stinks. We're correct about that. It's it's hard. It's it's impossible. I have no power. I feel totally powerless over this over this situation. I, you know, I just you know, can I just run over and talk to the world's leader and straighten them out? You know, that type. Of, it's like that's not that's not realistic. Right. What's real though is what can I take care of? What 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 positive things can I do in the world? Where can I inspire others to? to start to put light into the world, to illuminate the darkness, which illuminates the ridiculousness, which illuminates the lies, which illuminates the, the those off the beam. And before you know it, the, the light's on strong enough 
that it's overwhelmed with the goodness of what needs to be done, and that is the caring for one another, no matter who, where we're from, how we're from, or what country we belong to. It's about really serving a higher source instead of lower-power-hungry lower, lower power hungry means, if you will. I, I, I opened my book, uh, Edge of Wilderness, to a, to a, a little ditty that I wrote a long time ago, and it's a short little tiny poem, and I, I just want to read it, called Love Equals Truth Equals God. In the beginning, as in the end, there is only love, which is the truth. Anything less than love is simply not the truth. It's not of God. Anything less than love is really the human ego, the human wants, the human fears, our emotions, taking us into a, thousands of negative and twisted thoughts that will leave us wanting or leave us in a bundle of fear. We need to go to the truth within us and the truth of, of our life and this, this, this soul and spirit of ours that is continuous. They can't take that. No one can take that down. All the experiences we have in life, whether it be our grandchildren, our, our mother and father, the, lo- the love of our lives, are, are experiences that we have been gifted with. And the only way to meet them, the only thing that really matters in the end of things, is not so much the, the physical of it, but the actual relationship of caring heart-to-heart, one-to-one. And in the midst of that caring heart-to-heart, one-to-one, there is no place for pain. There is no place for the hurt of the negative. It's living more rightly and spiritually within ourselves that does not allow the fear to overwhelm us and to, to cause delusion of the situation or distraction from what's really in front of us. So I really think that some of what we're talking about today is how do you deal with all this stuff, all this pain, all coming out of COVID and being afraid, whether we're, you know, looking for a job or whether, you know, we've been strained out or restaurants lost or our relationships lost because we haven't been together in two years and it's shifted and changed, and, you know, too many telephone calls and, and crazy. all those things that have happened to people from around the planet and how separated we felt, how isolated we felt, and yet how the dynamics of Zoom and other things have kept people at least in contact. But it's also forced people to be individuals. Mm-hmm. It's also forced people to be interdependent and independent of all this neediness and one. I, I would force some of us to become responsible for who we are and what we're doing. And some people have made good decisions with that. Others have made more greedy or self-centered decisions with that. But what's come to light is because of all the media and things, everything's in a, in a instant time frame. It's not like we're getting a letter about the war from six weeks ago, which was only 150 years ago. It is, you know, a couple of generations at the most. And, and we're in a generation of instant information, which can be altered, edited, pushed around. So 
we have to be responsible for seeing things from our truest self, not necessarily from the fervor or the, um, I would say, the, the overwhelming media of all different types pushing us to believe one thing or another. It's like, where do we, can we believe what we see? Where are we seeing it? How are we doing it? Am I investigating this rightly? Am I doing this? And that goes for whether it's the war situation in another country or whether it's a personal situation in our own lives. Mm-hmm. Am I actually seeing this correctly? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's, it's like the complaint that comes from text messages or from email at times. What has it lost? It's lost the context. It's lost its music. It's lost its voice. So in other words, it can't be read clearly. It can be misconstrued. Um, an email that was non-toxic and really didn't mean to cause any harm can be taken and perceived as as hurtful or harmful because it's, it's out of context and has no tonality with it, no voice with it. So we must go into our inner voice, our inner self, and our inner senses and really begin to to assess how could that be taken. If I take it emotionally, then I'm going to run with it possibly the wrong direction. Next thing you know, I'm angry at somebody, and now I've adopted anger in my life. When I have anger in me, when I have resentment in me, when I'm full of fear, I have no room for love. I'm too caught up in the survival of things and I can't I can't seem to think about you (laughs) I'm too terrified of getting hurt in the middle of it all Mm -hmm. so some of the things we need to do is really begin to trust a higher source and really trust in a way that we can um, find a higher power of our choosing something greater than ourselves that we believe that we can that has some need to it that, that we know is real you know, for us. And that comes with our spiritual contemplation, with meditation, with prayer, a demand from our truth within ourselves of seeing the highest and best. And then from there, we're able to go forward with a strength and with an ability to be clearly honest with ourselves. And when we're honest with ourselves, we can truly be honest in our behaviors and our actions and in our choices of what information we're actually buying into or not. Mm-hmm. If we function out of the position of fear, we, we're only going to be getting more fear and we'll buy into anything, mm-hmm. you know, because we're, we're waiting to get hit all the time. We're waiting to get blasted or ashamed or something where if all our, our, all our little hurts over the years just come and, and we, we arm ourselves with instant uh, emotion, which adopts almost any thought that comes along, and it becomes delusion, totally delusional. And before you know it, some, some people even start to sound crazy out of their minds, mm-hmm. believing things that aren't, that aren't real, that aren't there, that are just suggested or that are put forth and some people exploit that behavior mm-hmm. because it it gives them that which they want which is either by greed power or whatever so the only way for us to 
uh, combat this is not to not to pick up arms, not to not necessarily to pick up a, a weapon or carry a cannon around with us. You know, mm-hmm. it's to carry ourselves in a high in a highlighted, heightened mind and walk the walk of a higher place. It yes. it isn't easy. I'm not saying, oh, just simply do that, everything will be okay. Right. That, I mean, that, that's just ridiculous, and I know that. Right. You know, I'm, you know, I'm an Irishman from Boston. Don't give me the right sugars in my coffee. I'm, I'm off like a banshee. You know? <laughs> <laughs> because we're going to go to a break in just a moment. Okay. <laughs> if we can hold that for a moment. And we are taking calls today for questions for Reverend Joe Scheel. Um, no no readings today, just questions about the topic at hand. And that number is 816-251-3555. And if you'd like to check out um, Joe's website, you can go to josephsheel.com. Scheel is spelled S-H-I-E-L. We'll be back in just a couple of moments with Reverend Joseph Scheel. Welcome back to The Intuitive Life with Laura Wooster. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Intuitive Life. And today I'm talking with my colleague and friend, 
Reverend Joseph Scheel, and we're talking about how to keep the faith in precarious times. Um, so make sure you do check out Joe's website. It's josephshield.com. He's got some great classes um, that are accessible online as well. Um, there's a series he has called Living a Spiritual Life, Illuminating the Wisdom Within You. It's a monthly lecture series. So if you like what you're hearing, I guarantee you're going to love this series. So check that out and make sure you sign up for his email newsletter as well, because he's got quite a few classes coming up um, ongoing all the time that uh, are fascinating. And I know plenty of people who are huge fans of his that take every class he has because they gain so much insight and wisdom from him. So I highly recommend anything from from Joe um, for his classes and his spirit art classes as well. Um, so Joe, so what is before we went to the break, uh, you were talking about how Peace starts at home. It starts within us. Um, you know, obviously, we can feel a lot of empathy for people who are dealing directly with war at 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 their home, in their home. Um, but when it comes down to it, and especially being a medium, we we sense we sense energy. We we can sense the impact of what energy can do. Um, that when we focus on our own peace, that even though geographically war is happening across the world or in our in another city perhaps or even in our own you know our own country here in this in the US that we do have an impact even though we can't visually see that direct impact that what we do to foster and you know uh, our own peace within our own hearts and our own our own minds literally has an energetic impact on the greater consciousness do you agree I agree. And I, you know, it's that energy that if we can get to a higher place within ourselves and really increase the positivity of our own, our own uh, faith, if you will. And, you know, coming to that faith can sometimes be difficult. But I, you know, I, I made up two acronyms for, well, I made up one and I stole the other one. How's that? I heard it, heard it from somebody else and, and uh, I don't, it has no author, if you will, but Faith is following an inner truth that heals. So it's, and then the other one is a fantastic adventure in trusting a higher source. So sometimes it is an adventure. You know, when you're on an adventure, sometimes you have to be careful because you might be on the cliff. You know, you have to be aware of where you're at and aware of what you're doing. Now, I wanted to read another poem. It's it's March. It's St. Patrick's Day. I'm Irish and all the rest of it. But I wanted to give a little protest to this poem. This poem was written about a friend of mine who is a who is a minister, and um, he grew up in Africa. He is he is African, and his wife is African, and they have a they have a community down there, and they're trying to build schools, and um, and it's very remote, and these kids are you know starving. Uh, they starving for, for education, but also um, starving for water, clean water, and all the rest. And so, and I know that these these uh, these these particular families have had to migrate and do a number of things just to survive. So imagine the fears of living under the conditions of not having anything. Well, it came to uh, came to Manhattan several years ago um, to visit, and I took them into Manhattan. And so it was the first time they've they've ever seen a big city like that. And we came upon St. Patrick's Cathedral. And um, when they went inside, they were blown away with it. And when we were outside, they were blown away with it. But this was my insight in that. And I want to kind of read it to you. And I want to show you how emotionalism can also set off the bomb 
of ideas as well as problems, but we can also, uh, when we know one another and we care about one another, we begin to be inspired of really is preserving and 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 caring about others' lives. You know that when we pray for the Ukrainians, we also pray for those those who might not be getting the right information in Russia. You know mm-hmm. that type of thing. That we pray for pray for everybody involved. Mm-hmm. I remember one time when I was a kid, my my cousin got killed in Vietnam, and I came home and I screamed at my mom. And it was just a couple years before she died, and she was in the kitchen sobbing as my cousin, you know, over the fact that my cousin had been killed. And um, and I came in and she told me and she said, you know, your cousin's been, was killed in Vietnam, um, you know, yesterday. And, and I just heard, and that's why I'm crying. And I started screaming and swearing and calling the names that I had heard on TV, you know, these slang names for the, for the, the Vietnamese and stuff like that. And my mother caught me up short and stopped me. She said, no, stop, you stop. And, and I said, why, why? And I thought I'd done something terribly wrong, which I had in, in one way. In her eyes, I, I had, I was speaking in negative and slang and trashing a, a whole group of people. And she said, she said, those people, those boys that are getting killed, they have mothers and fathers, too, on both sides. And yeah. she said, war never heals anybody. No, war never helps. No one wins in war, she said to me. And I remember that, okay? Mm-hmm. But if we're not aware of the bigger picture, if we're not aware of loving one another, then we can get caught up in the fervor and the storm. And before you know it, pick up our arms and run, you know? And, and uh, instead, of, instead of looking for a place of peace, looking for higher energy that can shift things, but we have to have the trust in that higher power. So I want to read this poem. It's called St. Patrick's. Somewhere between the doors of St. Patrick's and Saks Fifth Avenue, there is a story of love so painful we'll know it's true. With the cathedral full of towering concrete spires and gold, I saw the starving village in my brother's eyes as they they went cold. Elijah's wife's knees buckled at the sight of such a place. So much, so much, I heard from a hungry human voice. I told him if Jesus himself were here and entered this place, he would tip over the tables, tip tables over in anger and shout out in moral rage. I prayed hard, but felt nothing but ashamed of all mankind. Who could have been, have, who could we, how could we have so much and leave so many children behind? As we walked out the huge, heavy, ornate doors, it all weighed in harder as Elijah began to grin. He could feed, we could feed a lot of people with the gold from just one hinge. Then my heart shuddered and my spirit dove beneath the floor. For right there before us, at the curb of the street, an old man was picking through the garbage for some waste that we could, we could eat. Far away from Elijah's village, they have no trash can to find. And my spirit grabbed Elijah's hand as I screamed out, has the world gone blind? 
somewhere between St. Patrick's Cathedral and Saks Fifth Avenue, between glitzy windows and grand mahogany pews, an angel rifled through garbage to bring a story from above. The only thing that matters is my brother and his love. Beautiful. So, it is about, in my opinion, about learning to look for peace and look for the beauty and look for love, even in the pain, even in the confusion, even in the midst of, of the battle, if you will. And really looking for it first and foremost so that you can recognize it from a place of recognition, which is your own heart, which is your own soul. And that's when things begin to illuminate and things aren't hidden anymore. They become very truthful, very real, very spiritually evident immediately. And you feel the pressure of that, that spiritual pressure of, of a higher source calling us to, to really find the peace and not to destroy each other. I will take the questions. Yes, I, I don't want to keep going on. I take this all the time. That's good. Very good. Um, okay, let's go to Cynthia. She's in Arizona. Hello, Cynthia. Yes, hi. Wow, that was so beautiful. Very moving. Thank you. Um, I have a question about, I'm usually a pretty joy, joyous person, and um, I do pray, meditate, keep going, and... Um, I overcame quite an adversity with my husband and we were houselessness sleeping in a van for two years when he went through a um, environmental health challenge in 2011, 20, um, yeah. So anyhow, um, I did from applying prayer and intention, we were able to move out of California and come to a sweet place in Arizona. And I'm starting to write about it because of all the tools I used and staying in that place. And, mm -hmm. um, but now it seems like everything I learned from there, I am applying it. My father has brain cancer. He made it through the surgery, and he's on the other coast. Some of my siblings are there, and I'm dealing with anticipatory grief. Grief, mm -hmm. and um, Yeah, and it's just kind of how do you, because I could see what energetically could help him, but I don't know if he's open to that. And I'm just doing my best to do love and gratitude but I feel kind of depleted, probably like so many other people with everything going on in the world, in your life. And my spiritual practices, I'm still doing them, but I'm not, or I just need to accept where I am <laughs> and try to find wisdom and why things happen to us or to a person. So how do you make meaning when these things just like are going on? I guess that's the question. How do you hold well, that? Well, one, of the things, one of the things I think is helpful is that we can, we can, you know, and I'm, I'm sorry for the situation, and I'll certainly say some prayers yeah. for your father and your own situation. Oh, but, thank you. Um, thank you. What, what I really want to say to you, though, is we can, we can recluse, we can hide inside, we can, we can run from the problem, we can feel helpless, hopeless, and, uh, you know, and really powerless over the situation because you can't get to the coast, right. you can't take the care of dad, et cetera. But yeah. that's when we begin to fight the, to fight this problem, which is the the war of our fears, 
within within right. ourselves. And but we don't just do it in in words or or in or in shivering. You know, we do it in action. And so, what I would do if I were you is I would look to something local that I can get involved with, like a hospice or a situation or a palliative care situation, where you could just be a visitor and just mm-hmm. sit with someone going through the same thing your father's going through or similar similar uh, struggles and fears, and just be the, right. be the gentle voice, be the gentle heart that sits with them, the patient ear, listen to their story. I remember when I was becoming a you know, hospital chaplain, I, I really screwed up badly in the beginning. Uh, and the, the reverend that was running the program at, the, at this major city hospital, she, she looked at me, she just started kind of looking very seriously at me and at my own, you know, sick ego and, and my my misunderstanding of it all. And she's, you know, she said, did you let the patients talk at all? And because I went to three patients the night before, and I told them my, you know, I told them all about me and my story, thinking that was that was a conversation, but it wasn't. It was, you know, I might as well just had handed them a magazine, you know, what they really right, let them okay. talk about themselves and and give of themselves, mm-hmm. and they really come to know the significance of who they are, the importance of their life, the importance of who they are. I think if you do that. You'll be re- rewarded greatly in your own courage to handle your dad's dad's grief as well. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah, that thank makes you. great sense. And what you said about the war within, I think we're all going through that too, and to go seek that out. So, okay, thank you so much. Thank you so much for the question. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Hmm. No. Um, how did you determine that you wanted to become a chaplain? Because there's so many people that I know who haven't gone through the last couple of years and just feeling helpless and feeling like they need to do more and they wanted to to shift their life to maybe do a 180 from what they're currently doing. And they wonder if they have it in them to become something of that type of support, whether it be a chaplain or maybe going into healthcare or um, something where there's a really good chance that they'll need to be there spiritually for somebody. How how did you determine that you were ready for something like that? Here's the beauty in that. I didn't choose that. I didn't want to choose that. As a matter of fact, I was given four opportunities to choose as a as a course within the seminary that I was in at the time. Um, and the one I wanted to do was work with migrant workers, what they call permanent migrants, um, up in the Apple country. So um, I did eventually get to do some of that work. However, in the beginning, that's what I chose. I wanted to be as far away from hospitals as I could get. You know, I had a lot of post-traumatic fear and stuff from, from childhood and from my mother being in the hospital for two years and me knocking nurses down and getting in trouble because I was trying to run up to a room and all this. So they were not my favorite place to be. And there was sick people there, by the way. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't want to go, you know, that whole thing in my head was just, and um, in the wisdom of the people who were instructing me at the time, they said, oh, by the way, you're going to go into the chaplaincy. And I went, no, don't do that to me. And they said, yep. That's what you're going to do. So what they knew was they, they knew my biggest fear, and they, they pushed me towards it. 
and I, I did what I was told. Now, how did that happen? Well, you could say, well, geez, those obstinate people were just trying to mess with you and maybe they're trying to force, see, how, see how much you could take and force you out of the program. But really what it was is that I surrendered to God. I surrendered to a higher source, and I said, whatever you want me to do, I'll do whatever it takes, whatever it takes. Just, just use me. Let me be the instrument of your peace. Let me be the instrument of your love. Let me be that. I'll get out of the way. And that's what happened. And in that time as Shetland, I can't tell you the funny stories I had, but all the beautiful spiritual stories that came along with the people that I, that I was uh, so blessed to go through pain with um, that have helped me tremendously in my own life. I learned a lot about me, you know, that the benefit was incredible. So don't, I think the danger here is what do I want to do? Is the, the, there's the danger. The danger is in that word I. Mm-hmm. The, yep. the, the, the real grace, the real gift from the higher sources, the real, the real peace that you can find is surrendering and, and allowing and, and turning our lives over to a, a trusted place, a higher source, a, a greater plan, a, a, a greater vision getting above the, the wood to see the path to see the path through the woods instead of trying to bounce off trees and figure out which way you're going, you know? Mm-hmm. And when we do that, these tremendous gifts, tremendous uh, benefits come from it uh, to see that, that there is a higher source that's trustable, you know, and that we, when we implant it and, and are aware of it in our life, that better things happen, and and the energy that we give off around us, the it's like a the good stuff comes out and oozes over every, everybody around us, and that's really the great thing. When we're negative, we're angry and we're resentful, and we're hurt, hurt, and we're and we're we're resi- to the point where we're you know want to get back at people, or we want to do this, or we want to win, we want to get. When that happens. We get into these emotional stages where we react on sick thoughts or twisted thoughts or yes. just selfish, self-centered thoughts. And when we act on those, it's like a bomb goes off. Yeah. It affects not just us and makes mm-hmm. our life harder, but it affects everybody around us. And if we step back and see that and we can see what it does, then we choose to do it, do life differently. But when we're afraid, we go for the first thing that will save us instead of trusting that maybe if I sit still and sit in the quiet and sit in that holy place, I will be okay. It will be all right. And my answers will come. The patience and tolerance of our own spirit is important to get through these precarious times. Yeah, that's, that's, um, patience definitely is key because I, I also, you know, in conversations with people that are, you know, that I'm part of groups and everything that they are finding that the tools that worked before somehow don't seem to really cut it anymore or they need to adjust what they were, were relying upon as far as something they trusted with their connection to spirit, to source, to to the great all, um, it just seemed to either their perception changed or it just 
doesn't seem to cut it anymore. And so do you find that sometimes that you have to sort of readjust what you consider your tools to be when it comes yeah, to, you know? You have to see what, the, what are the tools you've picked up and what's the reason or the intention behind the tools. Mm -hmm. You can look at these armies and they're picking up, oh, we, we need a bigger gun. We need a, we need a stronger bomb. We need nuclear power. We need the, and where does it lead? It leads to destruction. It leads to total destruction and more pain and more misery and more confusion and more war. It doesn't lead to an end of anything. It leads to the beginning of the next one or the next the next problem. Mm -hmm. But when we choose the love within us and we choose to trust the higher, higher source within us and we begin to say, okay, how can I love my sister or brother? How can I go through this? When we start to do that, we see good things happen. We see possibility. We see probability. We see inspiration. So one of the things I suggest is that try to do something small today that's greatly inspiring. And that might just be smiling at the miserable person behind the register <laughs> who's had a bad day. Yeah. And just saying, geez, I hope your day goes better. You know, just smile. Yeah. You know, you, I love your pen that you're wearing. I love the dress you're wearing. I, I love the way you put, you know, put that color in your hair or whatever the case may be, you know. I mean, I've said to, to people behind you, the guys behind the, the, uh, the register, you know, I, I love that nose ring. I don't think I could do that, you know. It's like, it's not my stuff. It's not, you know, I'd be terrified to put that thing. But the fact that he gets the compliment, he gets the know that he's expressing himself in his own way, that he's his individual, that he's his own person, and, mm -hmm. and he's empowered to be that, then then you just inspired him to be more creative, more himself, more this. And it's a... That, that changes the wave of energy. It, it's, it, you, you, it puts them on that wavelength of, of higher vibration. Yeah. You know, it's no longer sitting there in the lower vibrations creating this ooze of lower vibration all around him mm -hmm. because his day's been lifted. And it's only a small compliment or a small hello that can change somebody's whole day. And it can change you know, six or seven people around him that have to work with him all day, exactly. you see? And mm -hmm. so we can change things simply by doing, doing a few things. You know, we fight the war, when we fight the wars of apathy first within ourselves, if that's too big for me, I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. I'm out of it. Leave me out of it. Instead, we reach out and we help somebody else. So we're not, we, we don't have to, we can't, we can't run, run right now and get on a plane. Most of us can't, can't get on a plane and go to, go to Poland and help the, help the refugees. You know, we, we can't do that. However, we can help somebody that needs need some groceries carried or we could, you know, they might need, need their driveway shoveled or something. You know, it, we can do something positive for the world that, that shifts the energy. The second thing to do is we take, take heed of the times it's it, time itself because it's precious. Stop wasting time on mundane, unimportant things. Right. You know, we we can we can recluse to a television set for hours. You know, we can watch CNN to you know or, or Fox or whatever the case, whatever your your preferences are till 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 it's you know it's repeating itself over and over and over again. The talking heads are just you know. It's better to just kind of um, understand time. We don't have any. We have right now. 
We have this moment, this time, right now. And if we can make the most of being a positive example within that period of time, um, saying the prayer, doing something different, then we've utilized that time. The third thing we can do is we can pray. Why? What is prayer? We, we demand upon that higher source to, to show us what we can do, to show us a better way. You know, we can make an effort. Give me the power to put myself aside and just, just do something worthy for someone else today. There's the prayer. It doesn't have to be anything more than that. Or we can come to an understanding that we are one and that distant healing, body, mind, and spirit, is a possibility, that it is, it is real. Mm-hmm. So we can send good energy to those in Ukraine. We can send good thoughts and good healing to those who are suffering or struggling, you know, to get the next meal, to find the next ride, to do this. We can send that to them, okay? And, and we can if they, they heal the aches and pains as we watch some of these old people trying to crawl across yeah. railroad tracks, you know? Yeah. We can send mm-hmm. something to ease their pain in distant healing. And five, we can, we can encourage peace in others. Yeah. And that's, that's what I meant was by doing something small mm-hmm. with an inspired way or in spirit, by our own spirit, mm-hmm. inspire somebody else to have a better day, to think in a better terms, to think and to, to shift that thinking from its disaster to look at all the possibilities to love. That's right. Okay. And with that, we can change the world. <laughs> <laughs> well... You know, I think some people might think I'm pretty naive when I when I say mm-hmm. this, but if you can change yourself, then you change the world, right? Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Joe. It's so good to have you thank on. You. And and everybody, you can go to josephshield.com. It's J-O-S-E-P-H-S-H-I-E-L.com. Have a wonderful week, everyone. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.